When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know what? I was not even joking though. I was reading this thing on the tampon box. Where what was I reading it on? Anyway, it said like tampon was first invented in 1936 and has basically not been modified since. And I'm like, okay, that might be a criticism. And yet, can't we just be thankful for the fact that the tampon was invented? Do you know what I mean? It's really like it hasn't been updated. Okay, but like feel free to update it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I also feel like in saying it hasn't been updated, like Maybe there are no updates to be made to this cotton wad that you use when you're in your period. Yeah. Maybe actually the updates are the moon cup and the disc and the, you know, all these different things. No, I think they 100% are. And like also maybe the updates are figuring out a way to make it less coming out of your body. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's yeah. the actual upgrade. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, where today I, Rosemary McCabe, am joined by my sister, Beatrice McCabe. We are going to talk about the performance of home decor. That is to say, stuff that you have in your house that has a function, but you just have it in your house to make it look a certain way. Right? Mm, I would say stuff that is in your house in order for you to project a certain image to visitors. Oh, did I ever tell you when I decided I was moving over here? I packed up all my books, right? And I put them in different boxes. And I had a box of like, definitely coming to America. I had a box of like, coming to America if I have the space. And then I have a box of like, can stay in Ireland. And the ones definitely coming to America, I wrote on the box in permanent marker, which mom read out to me the other day, because she found two of the fucking boxes downstairs. What? I'm so annoyed. Like the boxes that went between me and my sleep. Anyway, I had written on the box, books to impress Americans. <laughs> Perfect. All of my penguin classics. Perfect. (laughs) Books about writing and journalism. Well, I mean, and I'd also say just books in general, right? There's a certain, oh, I mean, honestly, also, I was going to say, you clearly did not miss those books that like 
crucially had to make their way across the Atlantic. You haven't even noticed that you didn't have them. You didn't even notice the lack of them. As mom says about people going to funerals, you don't notice who's there. You only notice who didn't come. You didn't notice who didn't come, so you're fine. But I mean, the same can be said about color coding your books as I did at one point. But I mean, I actually enjoy that. And I think that that is for my benefit. Whereas I think other people do it for the benefit of other people, but I don't have enough people coming over to admire it, to make it worth the the work that had to go into it. Do you know, I do it for, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, but I think the difference would be if that fell under the category of performative decor, as we're going to talk about now, you would be going to secondhand shops and going, I really need some oh. red books to pad out my red shelf. Oh, and I, I don't have it. enough pink books and I need some books in this shade of orange. You know I'll what I mean? I'll tell you, I don't have enough of any of those color books. And there are way too many books with black spines. Like I know, black needs. and white spines. And also those of the white just go into a horrible kind of creamy beige color after a couple of years. I actually don't mind that. But the black, so many of them are glossy as well, which is disgusting and cheap. And they need to be nice and matte. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, you are such a performative book snob. But what was really interesting to me was the amount of emotion and ire that color coding my books oh, elicited yeah. in people. Mm-hmm. Who, like, like, I'm sorry. If I'm happy with my color coded books, I don't know what. Like, people were like, why is it not by category? Why is it not alphabetical? Yeah. I'm sorry, lads. A, I'm not Barnes and Noble. B, I live in my Who own cares? Excuse Who me. Who cares? I know. Here's my answer. I'm a very visual person. So when I say it's that book, it has an orange spine and like it has yellow text on it. That's a recipe to never find well, that book. Cause I can tell you it generally, when I say that it probably is green with black text on it. <laughs> I was just about to say anybody who has religiously listened to this podcast will know that categorizing <laughs> your books by name will not help you. Categorizing your books by author will also not help you categorizing your books by genre probably not help you the only thing that could potentially help you would be if you just put them in order of when you read them so like the one that you're most recently read Uh, should be no no because then you could look at it and go this is the one i most recently read no rosemary bless you i went through my bookshelf recently and i was like clearly the only books i keep are the books i haven't read because I would say, I'm going to actually count them. I would say that 90% of the 4,000 books out there have never been read. They have been eagerly purchased and have never been read. But as we also know, the odd one could have been read and you might have just forgotten. (laughs) Read twice. (laughs) The memory palace. This feels familiar. (laughs) I also feel like you read Saigon about 300 times, even though you only read it once, but you talk about it a lot. No, I didn't. I read it once. I I started reading it. It got dropped in the pool. I had to buy it again. Like it was a disaster. yeah. Yeah, it was a fucking disaster. And then the other day I was like, I'm going to give this away. I'm sick of this book. I'm never going to read it again. And then I was like, I can't give it away now because the books, the pages are all warped. You can give it away to like me or a friend. Do you think I'll like it? Not as a gift, but just as I hear you like this book. What? No friend is going to like that book that they have to like peel apart pages. And I can't throw it in the bin. Do you know what I mean? That's not going to happen. Anyway, performative recycling. Why did this topic occur to you, Rosemary? It didn't. It occurred to me and I'll tell you why. Because Thank God. You're welcome. Because recently I was at a friend's house. She shall remain unnamed. She knows who she is. And if she listens to this episode, then she's an incredibly good friend. And I appreciate her very much. (laughs) And she has multiple jars of sweets in her house on display right out in the kitchen. 
in glass jars, all these like little candy bars and sweet bars and stuff. And I just always think to myself, how interesting, because every time I say, to, if we're ever out or I say, do you want that, you know, would you have dessert or will you have a piece of candy or whatever? She goes, oh, I don't eat sweets. And recently I was in her house with her kids. She wasn't there. And um, my kids, you know, took some of the sweets out and her kids were like, oh my God, will you please tell mom that your kids ate these sweets because mom will go mad. Like we're not allowed to eat those. And I was like, wow, these are kind of decorative. They're show sweets. Well, they're not really show sweets because I do see the kids, her own kids eat them on occasion, like on special occasions, but they're kind of special occasion sweets, you know, and yet they are at knee height. They are front and center. Yeah, yeah. So they're giving the impression of being like accessible, feel like a sweet, have a sweet sweets. They're, they show the fun. They're like, we're a fun house. We have sweets here. We're fun. Have our sweets. We're casual. Our sweets are at knee height. Everybody can have these sweets except anybody who lives here. And I'm like, I probably also like feel resentment because I'm like, I clearly would happily eat the entire jar of sweets, right? Given an opportunity. If like, if the room was not always occupied, I'd be there snarfing those sweets. My kids certainly make a beeline for the sweets. Because like in my house, the sweets are on the top shelf. Otherwise they'd all eat mm-hmm. them immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made me think about like this kind of performative aspect of home decor that people have things on show that they themselves don't necessarily indulge in. Sweets, other things also, like alcohol is another one. And you see these very fully stocked bars and the people go, we don't really drink, you know? Yeah, sure. I used to have a cocktail cabinet in Dublin and I kept like a, I decanted a bottle of Cointreau. Well, actually, because I thought it was orange. So I was like, this is going to look beautiful in my clear crystal decanter thing, but it was clear so that was a bit of a waste but so it was um, the benefit for the for the benefit of other people yeah because I thought it looked really nice but like when I moved out I ended up throwing the Quantro. I think I gave the Quantro to mom and dad because I was like like they'll keep it now in their drink shelf for 30 years uh, I was about to say they don't mind the fact that this has been entirely aerated <laughs> no. and has no flavor anymore tastes like something totally else they love this but like Excuse me, it, it had a very good stopper on that decanter but was it because like it looked cute how did it look like did it look cute because it made you look a certain way like it projected a certain persona for you um no I think it was just a vintage cocktail cabinet that I really liked the look of and I think I was like looking at a lot of Pinterest cocktail cabinets you know and cocktail uh caddies you know when people have the kind of trays or not trays what are they called roller yeah I know what you're talking about bars like the mini bars Yes, did yeah. it, but did it make you, but it obviously made you feel like this projects a certain aura of there's a sophistication there. There's a, um, yeah, I just thought it made me look cool. Yeah. I don't want to say retro, but there's a vintage appreciation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of arty and cool and fun. Yeah, yeah. And like, it wasn't that I ever, I, I didn't pretend to drink more than I did at the time, if you know what I mean. So it wasn't that I was kind of trying to make people think like I was a big, like fun party girl who drank loads. Maybe I wanted people to think that I was a bit more laid back than I was. And that's what I thought it was projecting. No, I think there's a sophistication to it. I don't think it projects. I drink loads because like you come over to my bar, for example, I'm like, I have a bottle of wine, you know, because (laughs) I, because I just, I drank the other ones, you know, whereas I remember I used to go over to a friend's house of mine and she worked at a drinks, she worked for a drinks company and she always had a fully stocked, like, even though she lived in an apartment in New York, she always had a wall like a fully stocked wall of wine. And I was like, A, I don't know. A, I didn't have space for it in New York. But I was like, I don't know how, like, I wouldn't have 70 people over and they wouldn't go through all the wine. You know, I don't yeah, know how yeah. I manage to, like, maintain the wine. Maybe I just was too social. You, you clearly had rude over. friends. Yeah, I just had too many people over the whole time. Like, it was, yeah, we were a bit of a, like, social gathering house, though. Yeah, I do think, I mean, the spirits that I had in that cabinet, so it was vodka and Cointreau and a few other random things that I'd bought for like different recipes or something. 
but definitely like I remember frequently having bottles of wine that would just go missing after a friend would come over and you'd be like oh I think they took that bottle of wine with them are you serious (laughs) what about though like the whole anti-macassar trend right so like mom talks about that the what you know those bits of fabric that you have on the arms of your chairs to preserve your chairs, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, you have the anti-macassar, but you also have people, like, people that I know, and, and, like, young people that I know as well, like, young, in their 30s now, or in their 40s now, who have, like, plastic coverings on their furniture. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think, well, a friend of mine, when I was growing up, used to have plastic coverings on her, like, her family home on the carpet. And I just was like, what, are, the, what do you on keep the on the carpet for? Yeah, the whole carpet had plastic covering. The downstairs carpet was entirely covered in plastic to preserve it, basically. And I think, like, once we all got older, the plastic covering disappeared. So I wonder if the parents were just like, while the kids are young and, like, coming in and out mucky and dirty or whatever, we're going to cover this. But I just was like, the carpet will be there after you. You know what I mean? Isn't that what a rug is for? Like a doormat and as well. Yeah, I don't know. But the whole carpet, the whole downstairs was covered in plastic. But like, I know, that, I thought it was quite odd. I've just gone though, like, is that, that seems like the opposite of performative because that's more like, this isn't even really a usable space. This is like, when you've gone, I'll take the wrapping off. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's also like, what is your carpet for? If not to cover the floor and to go underfoot, do you know what I mean? But isn't it like, I suppose that, that has led into the trend of please take your shoes off in my house. Did you not have to take your shoes off in this person's house? Because like maybe that's what they actually were missing. Please take your shoes off at the door. We definitely took our shoes off later. I don't really remember if we had to take our shoes off at that point. I just remember being so shocked by the plastic. But that same friend's house, and I hope she won't mind me saying this, if she's listening to this, she is a great friend. They had a bowl of fake bread. <laughs> so they had like a little fake baguette and a little fake bagel and a little fake... A bagel? Loaf, that was very loaf. trendy. I know, and I remember at one stage in secondary school, one of our friends, and I suspect they may have been drunk at the time, took a bite out of the bagel. (laughs) (laughs) But it somehow never got thrown out. I think there were only three pieces of bread in the basket, so without the bagel it would look stupid. But then the bagel had a big bite in it. But like, did it look convincing? Uh, I think the first time I went over, I probably thought it was real bread. But I probably also was like, why is your bread out in a basket on the counter? What I mean is, did it look like a convincing bite? No, as in it made it very obvious that the bagel was a fake bagel. It's oh. just a big tooth mark in the foam bagel. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That, like, the bite wasn't chic. I'll tell you though, only as I got older, right? Like as in in my teenage years, did I realize how many people had fake fruit in their house. I had no, like they'd have three or four pieces of fake fruit and then one or two pieces of real fruit. And it never occurred to me. And it was only as I got older, I was like, oh, I kept like I'd look in there, you know, I'd look in their fruit bowl and over the span of like 18 months, I'd go, that banana like really looks looks the same. The same. <laughs> yeah, they just they get these incredibly <laughs> like generic looking bananas, you know, and then realized after a certain amount of time, like they all have it's sort not of real. Yeah, it was like they all had a kind of and I get it now because the problem is in my house, like every time the fruit runs low, Don puts the fruit like he hides it in a drawer or puts it in like the fridge and hides the fruit bowl. And I'm like, the fruit bowl needs to stay out there because we're going to put fruit in it, you know? And he'll be like, oh, so yeah, yeah. two lemons. So the two lemons are going to go in the fridge and the fruit bowl gets tidied away somewhere. I'm like, Don loves, as I love, a clean counter. But I like to have in the middle of my clean counter a fruit bowl. Don't I know from the time you complained about my counter. And now every time you come over, I'm like a blue arse fly trying to get everything off my counter before you get there. But you know what? I, I would actually say when we listed our house for sale, the house that we lived in before now, 
I bought a bag of lemons and I put them all in a bowl on the counter. And afterwards I was like, it's very nice to have a bowl of lemons, but I've never used that many lemons. So now you've got me thinking I should buy some fake lemons. I made a lemon cake. Looks really cake. nice. Like. I made a lemon cake today and it was delicious. Fox loved it. They all loved it. Then I turned my back for two seconds and the entire top, because I made icing to put on the top of it, the entire top of the cake had been scooped off by a very <gasps> guilty looking bow. So there was just the bottom half of the cake. <gasps> and I said, who did this? I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so what I really need is a fake lemon cake to put in the middle of my counter. That bow can. No, no, you just need a fake lid to put on your lemon cake, like a fake top. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But you know what? I think the biggest culprits that I find, okay, so I mean, obviously there are a lot of tchotchkes and people have you know, weird attachments to ornaments that I'll never understand. And like, I did go through the whole Emily Henderson phase of staging my shelves, but unfortunately I need my entire shelving units for books. Oh yeah, now for all your books, I know. I just, I do. So I, so like I, I have some of them stacked sideways and at the very top between the top of the books and like the bottom of the next shelf is like something wide, like a candle or something wedged in, but I couldn't possibly light it because it would be an absolute fire hazard. But the thing that I think people (laughs) go crazy about in terms of like performative house decor is books right books are oh you know I mean like me and my books to impress people box yes but at least they're actual books that you're going to read I mean and again why am I being so judgmental like what do I mean at least they are like what difference does it make to me if people use I don't think I was going to read those books again my my point is you've already read them not all of them I think some of them I'd been like I'd been assigned them in college and I was like, that'll look great in my okay. bookshelf, but I'm never reading it. Okay, boring. But, you, but you didn't go to an auction to buy them because they were classics. True. And they no, no, good. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, that big shelf of books that, that, that like big shelf, it's actually like a, a fiberglass hollow shell that you can get that looks like a series of encyclopedia, right? No. And there are no books. A fiberglass it. shell? Yeah, it's just like a sculpture. And on the outside, it's shaped like books. But on the inside, it's nothing. You just put it up on your bookshelf. But I'm like, why am I being so judgmental? Because like, I have like robots. I have bookends. I have candles. You mean you mean your robots aren't real robots? Well, no, my but they're wind up robots. They're adorable. But my point is, they make me happy because they are adorable mm-hmm. shelf fillers. What's the difference between that? You know, I, I just don't feel like a row of fake books is making anybody happy. Is it? It's making their owners happy. I suppose I think like, why wouldn't you just get the real thing and why wouldn't you read them? But if you're not a reader, but if you're not a reader, why do you want books on your shelf? That's the part that I don't understand. Mm, mm. I mean, I also just think if you're going to get a fiberglass, like set of encyclopedias. Uh, I mean, to your point. Rosemary, sorry. To your point A, why wouldn't you just get the actual encyclopedias? Because then like, how embarrassing would it be if you were there one day and somebody was like, oh, I must take a look at this. And then we're like, well, it's fake. The only reason I know this is because that's exactly what happened to me in a friend's house. I picked up, I thought, a book and the entire shelf came out. And I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) And, and, you know, so embarrassing. But like, they didn't seem as embarrassed as I was. They were were like, oh, that's not real. And I was like, oh, so mortified. But the other thing that happened to me recently when I was on a a shoot with... um, with a job that I was doing and there were, you know, they were kind of styling the background of like, we're going to have some bags in the front and some products in the front that we're going to have like bookshelves of inspiration in the back. And they had, all, and I arrived in like, they were like, will you come in and have a look and tell us what you think? And they put, you know, some like inspirational images and 
pin cushions and all this kind of stuff on the back. And I arrived in and all, they had like a load of books on the bookshelf, but they were all pages facing outwards instead of spine. Yeah, like spines in, but spines pages in. out. Yeah, all spines in, pages out, exactly. And I went like the fool that I am instead of, and I even like now I go like, my whole mantra is ask questions, don't make statements, right? I should have said, why do you have the books like this? Instead I went, sorry, so, wait, wait a second. My whole mantra is, Ask Rosemary. questions. Rosemary, at work. Not with you. You're my sister, Rosemary. <laughs> at work, right? Not okay, with you. Okay, do go on. I was momentarily astounded Rosemary. there. With you, I assume the worst. With everybody else, I assume the best, right? Like, that's right. Because that's, <laughs> that more, that's true more and very unfair. Sorry, I actually... I couldn't get over you today. I said something like, the worst thing about having a sister is that I'm now paranoid that she's going to pick up on the fact that I said like lawn in a previous story or something. And she literally writes back to me and goes, I usually skip over those boring stories, but I only stopped there because I saw you talking about me. I knew you'd appreciate that. bitch. But like, honestly, it's more like with you, I just go, I'm not going to do her the injustice of asking her a question. I'm just going to assume I know the answer and zoom right in. With you, I just go, that is just now. <laughs> well, I'll remember that, Beatrice. I just assume, Rosemary, that you and I are coming from the same place. Is the point anyway? So instead of asking a question, which I should have done with these guys, I said, "I went. What is this? I was like, who puts their books like this on a bookshelf? Real like well, those are questions. Oh yeah, you're right. Except <laughs> they weren't. They weren't quite as like neutral as they should have been. I went who their books like this on a bookshelf like and I turned around looking for you know assent and and like lots of mm-hmm. nodding faces and instead they were Lulls. like yeah no they all were like that's what my books look like in my house I was like huh I mean I'm sorry if people had a problem with color coding how in god's name am I gonna know where my book is if they're all spying oh my in god I've just suddenly thought that would be an amazing what is it oh it's May that would have been an amazing April Fool's although it would have taken too long to go into your house and turn all of your books spying in no, you know what? You know who was most annoyed by my color coding was our cousin Blaze Smith, the famous artist. I think we've mentioned this before, yeah. And I mean, he should be somebody who sees things by color. But clearly, Beatrice, what kind of artist is he? Rosemary, he should also be open-minded and like <laughs> embracing of people's individuality <laughs> at Blaze Smith on Instagram. Actually, a phenomenally talented artist, but clearly has a way to Not go a very out-of-the-box thinker. In terms of his book uh, lining up, yeah. Anyway, I would love to go into him for an April Fool's and just turn all of his books spine in and see how he copes with it. No, you'd actually be better off going in and colour coding his books. Oh my God. Colour coding, spine in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, sorry. Could I turn them spine in and then paint them? That would actually be ridiculous. That would be amazing. I would love that. So, Blaze, if I ever move back to Ireland, that's what I'll be doing from... Never leave her alone with your books. All right. From March 20th until midnight on 30 days of September, April, June, November, 31, 31st of March. <laughs> yeah, be very concerned if Beatrice asks to visit in the last few days of March. <laughs> 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Rosemary. In your opinion, then, at the end of all of this, is performative home decor useful? Should you do it? Does it bring happiness to people? Well, I was going to say, do the shutters, sorry, the shutters that we're forced to have in our house. Oh, I thought you meant like shutters. <laughs> no, because I didn't mean, <laughs> I meant oh, open, close. Anyway, listen, I don't know how to make a noise for a shutter. Thank but God. are the shutters in my house that are purely decorative and as you look at them from the outside would not even be large enough to cover the window. That's what oh, really that's bothers me one. about them. Oh my they God, don't they're even... not. No. They don't. No. Well, A, they're fake so they're glued to the wall but B, I even if that. you did fold them over it, they would not cover the windows. Oh, they're, it's no, so stupid. No, no. Does that count no, as no. Does that count as performative decor and it's so stupid? That's not decor, that's poor performative architecture like that is bad i have to say william morris and the arts and crafts set would not be happy with that that is not function well, based that they is, want to come into our soft. housing estate and see every single house with their shutters that do not fit the windows even if they were real shutters why though like why would you bother spending money to put up fake shutters that never like why would you bother how much no idea would it be would it not be a good thing to have shutters that actually i was just work? about to say it would actually be nice for the summer yeah. I mean, I would be very into having actual shutters. They were always very cooling. That but actually no. makes zero sense to me now. I know. Okay. I'm going to start sending so, you pictures of all of them. I would say, since you didn't answer my question, I would say that it sounds, you know, actually, as we talked about this, that the majority of people are doing things. Maybe people who turn their spines in actually enjoy the harmonious effect of their books. And if they read their books, etc., this is judgmental now. If they read their books, then that's fine. But like also... Honestly, if they buy random books and just want to use them as decor like you would a statue, that's probably each to their own and I should be fine with that and I should be happy with that. It sounds more like the plastic covering sounds like a stress reaction and like not, it doesn't sound relaxing. It doesn't sound like people kind of put plastic on their 
property and go, wow, my property looks so much better like this. And I'm so happy now that everybody's A, uncomfortable on it and we're not really using it. But maybe when everybody goes home and they look underneath the plastic and they go, there's no dirt there. They're like, God, I feel really good. Do you know what I mean? People are all different. And honestly, from watching Jewish matchmaking, Rosemary, sorry to keep talking, but I was literally watching this going, wow, everybody is uniquely weird. Well, I would like to think that when the kids went to bed and when everybody left their house, because their house was a good like gathering house in the estate. I remember we used to go, we used to all go and play in the shed. I do like to think that when all the kids left their house, they peeled back the plastic carpet. You had to, you had to play in the shed because everything else was like awful. No, it was like no, it was a playhouse. It was like really fun. But I really like to think that they peeled back the plastic and just really let loose on the carpet and enjoyed it. What? Like I said, I'm thinking like had a highball and a dance. I know it wasn't the fifties, but you know what I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's not that I also want my friend to be like scoffing all the sweets. It's more, it just feels sort of, I feel judged by her control with the sweets. By her sweets liberation. When I was in my very controlled food era, whatever, that lasted for like two years, I had a glass jar of candied cashews, like honey, honey roasted cashews. I remember I had them on my, oh my God, delicious. I had them on my mantelpiece. So revolting you could bring, bring that you could bring that jar over to me now and i guarantee you won't really? be touched honey roasted cashews they're delicious uh, oh sorry if dad comes to visit you might right. have a problem okay so anyway anyway what i'm saying is a friend of mine came to visit and like that she was like oh my god how can you have these here on your shelf i would just eat them all and i was literally i, re- I remember at the time my brain being like oh, i just have a few when i feel like it so smug i know so fucking smug mm-hmm God, I should have, like, holy God ended that for me because I was so smug. I had to be, I had to get my comeuppance. And I did, Beatrice. You didn't, Rosemary. And you know what? I got back to my six takeaways a week. Too sweet. No, you know what, Rosemary? Just because I'm a good sister, I'm going to come over next week with a massive jar of candied, honeyed cashews. I'm going to put them on your very clean counter. I'm going to leave them. I'm going to leave you to it. I'm going to be like, there you go. I know you can resist these. Goodbye. I love you. And just because I love you so much, I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to bring a gift for each of your children. And in the bag with the gift, I'm going to put a whole load of coloured paper straw. And I'm going to say, (gasps) enjoy, children, and then I'm going to leave. (laughs) Thanks, Rosemary. (laughs) You are so welcome. Thank you all for listening to Not Without My Sister. If you're not already, you can sign up to the Patreon at patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister, where for $5 a month, you get access to our full back catalogue of Patreon exclusives. We're almost at 100 now. And you also get each and every main episode a day early and completely ad-free. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Rosemary. Goodbye. (laughs) Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne, by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune, and the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 